0: Hey guys, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Greg Piatelli recapping the week that was in baseball. We go through the hot and cold teams of the week. Some Phillies talk, Red Sox talk, some interesting bleacher creatures. The MLB schedule got released on Monday afternoon, so we dive into that a little bit, as well as a couple other stories around Major League Baseball. But as always, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, ThunderBlog Sports, on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website, thunderblogsports.com. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a nice five star review, and we will give you a shout out on the show. But make sure you let us know what you think in the comments and enjoy this week's episode. Here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. The namesake of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed, I of course am the G-man, Jordy Cannell, Joining me is my favorite Bostonian, the Prophet himself, Mr. Greg Pietelli. How are you, my friend? George Washington Canal. The sixth. That's me.
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Um been one of those one of those months. I know. One of those months. Um I, know. I hear fun. without giving without giving away too much, I hear you are. Enjoying some R&R near a beach, I believe.
0: Yeah, I'm up uh, at my grandfather's place, up at White Lake, Michigan. Uh, if you're looking at the glove, it's about halfway up the left-hand side, an hour north just about of Grand Rapids. So yeah, come up here once a year. Came up uh, middle August for the first time in a while, normally when we had traditionally gone when I was a kid. So glad to do it now. Uh, a lot of uh, family friends, cousins, all that sort of stuff are around, so I haven't seen him yet. I did not I'm a little too new into my current job so I'm working from home in the the cottage so I haven't been able to really go out and about but uh, yeah I'm excited to see people excited to play a little golf we went to the beach this morning took the dog there and she loves it she loves to swim run around so it's a good week it's getting I'm excited for the rest of it to keep uh keep on going
1: yeah are you excited to play some golf and hit the beach jealous
0: oh yeah go out in the boat a little bit. Real jealous. Yeah, you gotta get you out of here one of these years. Get get Greg, Greggy P. mixed with Dog and Suds, the great uh drive in slash boat in establishment. Um Yeah, I I will patiently hold my breath. Well you're invited whenever you want. Open invitation. Well <laughs> let's jump into some baseball. how does that sound?
1: Uh Jordy sounds awesome. Let's hear it. What do we got? <laughs>
0: All right, so we'll start with hot and cold teams, as we normally do. We'll start in the American League, Greg. And, Greg, I'm excited to announce my hot team of the week. It's back. Rays Watch 2019 is officially on. The Tampa Bay Rays are my pick. Winners are three straight, eight of the last ten. They're really finding it here. They're right in the mix. They are currently wild card two. Oakland's right on their tail. They're chasing the floundering Minnesota Twins because the Cleveland Indians are also red hot. The Texas Rangers are—they've really—I don't want—I don't want to say fallen on hard times, but they've a—they've—they've uh, they've, waters found its level in Arlington, Texas. We'll put it that way. The Rays right where we thought they were going to be. They performed well without Blake Snell. Their offense is looking pretty solid. Their pitching has still been great, and I'm excited for Rays Watch to be back. Yeah, and, and certainly a team that
1: uh, now that we have a race in the Central between Cleveland and Minnesota, both teams uh, you know tied a to top division. Which I mean, you and I were saying was probably going to happen. Cleveland was probably going to catch them, so pat on our back, uh, catch Minnesota. That is so with those two battling it out, and the Rays essentially two games up on the second wild card spot. Uh, Two games out of the first wild card spot behind those two teams, Cleveland and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's uh, They're in the driver's seat, right? It's theirs to lose. It's theirs to lose on both sides, positive or negative. So, um, as you mentioned, they made some big bads, 8-2. and That's a good little stretch, Jordy. A, a great pick for the American League
0: team. Yeah, the big thing we talk about, too, is the, the cross-country road trip or going up north, like we talk about the Red Sox and Yankees doing it, although – this past weekend notwithstanding. Um, but the past weekend for the Rays going out west, they're in Seattle and pulled off a pretty nice sweep. Now they're in San Diego for the next three days. They'll take a day off, come home to host the Tigers. So, I mean, even if they, they win, even if they lose the series two out of three, they still go four and, four and two on a road trip out west, which is always six, a good success when you're an East Coast team. And then you expect a good series against the Tigers. So I think this isn't... Ray's watch is fully on. I think they're going to still keep on going. Um, they're not playing the Yankees anytime soon. So I don't know. We need to – we're not getting any sort of cross-contamination in terms of the the AL East race. But I'm excited to see where this team goes. I like it, Jordy. Um, and obviously,
1: a we said at the, the beginning of the year, they were a team that was always going to be battling and in the hunt. Um they made a move, so to pick up a bat, which is what they needed, and like you said, Blake Snell coming back, it could be everything. Everything's falling in line for them, uh, if you will, and
0: and that is uh happening, happening slowly but surely. Yes, yes, indeed. Who do you got for the AL hot team of the week, Mister Greg?
1: Pretty. Uh, it's hard to pick against the Cleveland Indians. Agreed. Um Puig Week hit his uh had the little home run, his first home run with them. Um and dropped his appeal, so he's gonna serve his suspension. But uh they took two out of three from the Twins. They took uh two out of three from the Rangers with a game suspended and swept the Angels before that. So it's been a good little week for them. And they Um a, a team that is surging hard, storming hard. Everyone picked them to do this at the All-Star break. Everyone was sort of saying this was going to happen. You and I picked it long before that, so um, experts, props to us. Good on we us. We could have gone Houston, go us. We could have gone Houston, but they've been good all year. So let's give it to a team who's really surging and and starting to turn things around for themselves. Um, still only plus 86 run differential there they need to score some more runs but uh you would like to see them score some more runs which is why they went out and got a bat so um
0: it is what it is but i think that's my for sure hot yeah, team I, of the week no it's and it's a segment. great pick because their pitching staff has been has found itself and it, obviously it was the it has for a while their pitching staff has been good for a good a good bit of the season but they'd started off so slow as you mentioned their offense is still figuring it out, but it's been better, and it's been awesome since the All-Star break. And <clears throat> Puig has been outstanding since they acquired him. You're right. It, he's basically missing the series against the Red Sox. We'll be back in time for a series in New York against the Yankees, a potential ALDS showdown. Um, so that that's important there to kind of show what you got in a four-game set starting on Thursday. But everybody on the team – Power is certainly there. That's by no stretch of the imagination can you say it. it isn't. You have two guys and 20 homers. You got another under Roberto Perez that's right there. Jose Ramirez slowly but surely is finding that form that we've seen for the last couple years. Uh, Francisco Lindor has been outstanding. He's one of those guys at 20. Carlos Santana coming home after the year in Philly has been fantastic for them. So I think I think we're the water finding it's level comment that I made about the Texas Rangers. I think we're seeing this with the Cleveland offense and the way that their pitching staff has been. I think that's certainly going to continue because you're going to see guys like Clevenger. You're going to see his ERA probably continue to stay around three, if not go lower. Shane Bieber has been outstanding this year. Um, and we'll, we'll see where everybody else goes in terms of, in terms of health, in terms of everything. Um, uh, Clevenger included in that, but I I think this is the sign of of something to of something bigger because we saw a couple years ago where the Indians went on the twenty plus game winning streak where they could not be stopped. That looked like and and they peaked a little too early. They they really kind of floundered in the when they were the one seed and they lost to the Yankees and the, and, and the ALDS. But this seems kind of like that same trend except not as much of a skyrocket. It seems like – but that they're going on a very – on a good uphill climb, though.
1: I agree. Um, Definitely agree. And and they've
0: been that way for a little bit now. Yeah, they've – I mean, they were – what? They were like seven or eight games out of the AL Central at the All-Star break? And and even before that, I mean, the Twins got off to that crazy start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I mean, they I had think, more. To, I think the White Sox were up there for a bit. The the Royals, I think, were. I mean, the Royals have been pretty bad, but um, I think they even started off okay to start the year. Yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland had a really slow start. You're absolutely right. And it had
1: more to do with. Uh, I feel like it had more to do with them, like the like Minnesota's. Minnesota's crazy good start, and and on the flip side of it, the slow start of Cleveland. You know, I think it was a combination of the two. But um, regardless, Jordy, should we is now the time appropriate time to talk about the Mets or? Yeah, you, is that your hot team
0: of the week for the NL?
1: Stay on the Mets. I feel like we have no. I feel like you have no other.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I'm making the comment that for the second week in the row. The New York Mets, deservedly so, are up here. Uh, they snapped their eight-game winning streak yesterday against the Nationals. But the most impressive thing with the Mets, Greg, is, is the fact that they've been grinding out these wins. I don't know how close of attention. I know your, as you like to call her, your roommate is uh, is a Mets fan. Friday and Saturday night, down both nights to the Nationals. And grinded out two impressive come-from-behind wins. They're now ahead of the Phillies for third place in the NL East. They're now sitting in... I'm trying to do the numbers here. They're a full game behind St. Louis for the second wild card, if I'm counting that right. And a half a game behind Milwaukee, with the Phillies a game behind the Mets. So the wild card race, wild card two and wild card one, for that matter, have become quite the quite the chase and the Mets are right in the thick of things their offenses look great and their pitching has been clutch at the times that they really need it which was something that they really did not have for a while in this season you mentioned it last week talk when you were talking about the Red Sox that the only team worse at blowing saves was the Mets and currently I mean granted come from behind victories or come from behind but their pitching staff has been better especially on the back end, their starting staff has been what it is. Even with even while losing Thor, their starting staff has still been pretty solid. But these guys, are they're figuring it out. And it's another another story of unhealthy teams figuring it out and, and picking themselves up by the bootstraps to really figure the shit out. And now they face Atlanta in a pretty crucial series because the Braves basically just buzzsaw through every team in the NL East. Anybody thinks that they're making some sort of charge towards Atlanta, and they say, <laughs> "Nah, sorry, buddy, you're go fucking back down there," and they just beat the shit out of you, especially in Atlanta where this game's going to be played. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting to see how they do. But I mean, between it like you're speaking
1: from experience.
0: what were you saying? It sounds like you're speaking from experience. Yes, so, absolutely. We've talked about this a lot of the Phillies going to Atlanta, or even at home against Atlanta. But to finish the point on the Mets' offense, Jeff McNeil. Outstanding season and uh, blowing a stadium, a uh, not stadium snack, a bleacher creature of Keith Law, tweeting about how about Jeff McNeil making the Futures Game and and being named a top prospect and Pete Alonso tweeting at him, being like, "Yo, the guy is batting 400 in the minors." What the hell are you talking about with all this stuff? This is a year ago, and Keith Law just goes, "Oh, congrats, kid, on making the Futures Game." And Pete Alonso's like, no, 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 don't ship this off. And keeps defending his boy. And now Jeff McNeil's leading the NL in batting. Pete Alonso's the talk of the town, won the home run derby. So the Mets, one of the most hated teams in my lexicon of hated teams, my rogues gallery. I despise this team. I think the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Penguins are only higher. But you got to give these guys That's credit of the, what they've been how, doing. How, how does that make any sense? What, the Cowboys and the, the Penguins? This is the Phillies' biggest rival? Is the Mets? The Braves are the Braves have been the heel of the NL East since we've been born, Greg. They won like 14 of those fucking things. I don't like the Braves. I don't like the Mets. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Why would it not be the Braves? I feel like the Mets can't be your your. your I think because they know more Mets and- fans. I think that's why. So there's a little bit more of the personal, the little more personal side to it. I only know, like, a handful of Braves friends. And one of them is a very good friend of mine who, like, we jokingly talk about the Braves and Phillies rivalry. It's never really, like, Jake and I shitting on each other about the Phillies and Mets, and he still owes me $20 from 2008 that he claims his ex-girlfriend's supposed to pay me. But I know know it's him. I know it's you, Jake. I know you're listening, and you still owe me $20 from 2008. So it's that kind of shit. We should
1: add him on or Stevie G to talk about this, but... For going back to it, the Mets have lost one game in the last two weeks. It seems like uh,
0: two. They two have, games in the they, last. It's two lost. of their last eighteen are losses. It's uh, maybe, it maybe it's two like, of the last seventeen. Uh, I think it was nine game winning streak and then eight. It's just great,
1: and in, you know everyone saw the pitching, the pitching, the pitching, but they've been doing it with their offense, as you mentioned, um, and that. Really is lead has led to this comeback, and it, we're almost primed for a. I mean, we're almost on a Mets watch at this point, rather than the Rays watch. But again, we're also almost primed for a huge Mets letdown for all their fans and and everything like that. So uh, another classic year of the of the Mets Jets luck. But Jordy, are you gonna? give a different team for the national league or yeah we might as, as well give two
0: cuz it, it it mets is the is the answer but we should give we should each give one we talk about the dodgers a lot and i i talk about the cubs as a hot team but i'm going to go with the cubs against the dodgers the cubs have have now separated themselves and now lead the nl central by two games over st louis milwaukee still figuring things out but they've closed the gap on st louis we talked about that wild card chase there but the cubs are i mean they're looking like the team that we've always thought they were going to be pitching staff on point. The offense has been outstanding, and another team they need they picked up a bat. They picked up Nick Castellanos, and he's been outstanding for this team. He's batting 370 with four homers, all four of those in the last seven days. And the rest of their team, we talked about it at the beginning of the season of these of how slow their bats started. Like Chris Bryant, who's close to now batting 300. Ian Haps at 300. They picked up. I forgot they picked up Jonathan Lucroy. He's batting 333 in three games for them. Javi Baez is looking great, and he's Javi Baez, so he's doing the Javi Baez things. But their superstars are starting to really become, or starting to really perform as we thought they were going to. And yeah, they just lost two of three, or they split a four game series, rather, in Cincinnati, uh, including a bad 10 1 loss on Saturday. But. You know, now they come to Philly. They're going to face a Phillies team that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Then they go to Pittsburgh in a what would have been pretty crucial series a month ago. But now the Pirates have kind of teetered off. They've been ice cold since the break. I mean, we can. I don't know if we're going to do cold teams this week or not. But they're the answer for baseball. But the Cubbies, they're looking like we're talking about with the Indians, how they're figuring things out and they're starting to, to. make that climb and it's not a skyrocket pace it's more of a brisk pace up mount everest the cubs are on that pace right now and it's exciting to see
1: and and two weeks ago we were three weeks ago we were talking about how that nl central was going to be a dogfight from the beginning and not that the cubs have distanced themselves a ton but even the Reds,
0: though they're seven games out hot. now,
1: yeah, that's what I mean. They're getting hot at the right time, and I mean the Reds were sellers for the most part, but yeah. you know they're they're you know you can argue getting a pitcher versus whatever, but they 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 being the Cubs, uh, they're doing it at the right time. They have nineteen losses at home, which is tops in baseball outside yeah. of the Dodgers. But they are a team that when needed when they need to peak they're peaking and of all the teams in the central they have the most runs scored in, in uh, the National League Central and they're the team that if they can just win games 3-2 and keep their the runs down from their pitching standpoint then they'll be fine
0: yes and it's not tops in baseball the Dodgers have it better which is worth noting because the Dodgers are 6 games above 500 on the road Whereas the Cubs are ten games under five hundred on the road, so them losing two or three in Cincinnati, you you might almost say was to be expected. I won't go as far to say anything about this week with the Phillies uh, or with the Pirates for that matter, because the Pirates are just you know they they could figure something out, and the Cubs versus the computer could start to figure could start to rear its ugly head in terms of them all of a sudden being in third place. But it's worth noting that because they are twelve games under twenty three and thirty five. Um, but that run differential is slowly, but surely increasing and something's going to give either the run differential because of the away game, the away record is going to contract closer to that even Mark, like St. Louis and Milwaukee have, or their away record is going to be better down the stretch, which if that's the case, watch out in the playoffs. I know the Dodgers are, they're stacked. They have a lot of, they have a lot going for them. But an NLCS between the Cubs and Dodgers could turn into something exciting where the Cubbies win all three games at Wrigley and all they need to do is just pull something out. But I, that's way down the line. But it was worth noting the away record run differential disparity right now.
1: No, I don't I don't disagree. Yeah, that's a great little point, Jordy. Um, do you want to go into more of your cold team or do you switch right over to something
0: else? Yeah, I mean, to kind of – Continuing it from a couple of weeks ago with talking with Jared. I mean, they real the Pirates really have gone ice cold now. Losers of 8th Street. Uh, they pulled out a game in, against the Mets, actually, uh, while they were in Pittsburgh. It was not the game Jared went to when he sent us the, uh, the stadium snacks, but they were winless this week. What's crazy is that their offense gets on base and just can't bring around the numbers to score. Um, their pitching staff is abysmal, which... I don't know why they weren't more celery. That's not a word. Uh, it's a vegetable. But I don't know why they, they didn't try to ship nice. out more of their their staff of where they could try to get like some of their bullpen arms and throw those out or, or do something with Chris Archer and maybe try to figure out something there. I know he hasn't been fantastic, but it's – I mean you still – I don't know if it's at that point the name the name brand has lost itself, but I mean they've been they got
1: they got him at the deadline.
0: They got him last year at the deadline when they were right in the race, and this year they were well out of it by July 31st. So I don't know. I mean, you saw the Phillies do it when they got Hunter Pence when they were you know the hundred team the hundred game the hundred win team. The next year they're well out of the NL East, well out of the wild card, and they trade Hunter Pence for fucking. Nate Shearhold, so they can't even re-sign to some sort of deal. Um, I don't know why the Pirates didn't try to do something like that and, and maybe re- restock for what they could. I don't know. With the weird one, or not weird, but with the one deadline, what could have been there? Would Archer maybe have been a name that you throw out for some C prospect that's in AA who's close to 30 that you're thinking, oh, maybe he can be, you know, whatever. But it's the Pirates approached July very strange and i and that's more of the topic there than them just cooling off cuz i i would have thought that if you told me at on opening day that they were going to be 20 games under 500 i wouldn't be shocked by that i'd be more shocked by the fact that the reds are still only 4 games under 500 and not 20 games under with a positive run differential um so yeah i mean we'll see what they do against the cubs a bad away record versus a bad home record. Um, and a lot of the Cubs' big arms are going against the Phillies this week. So we'll see how that series goes for either team.
1: Oh, and, and that – I mean, we're going to get into Philly talk later, but – Phillies talk later. But talk about a team that since the break, since the deadline has gone the opposite direction of where they needed to go and and – the Red Sox are in a similar boat, but the Phillies, for me, after my cold team of the week, 3-7 and and three and seven in the last 10. Yeah. Uh, just just not, not meeting expectations. And you kind of touched on it going back to the McCutcheon injury, but I don't think I want to blame an injury in May for the Phillies falling off at the end of the season. And you saw it last year a little bit too. They were in it until this point, and then they fell off again. So – is it is it gave the babe overplaying it overusing his players in the beginning of the year? Is it taxing his bullpen, his starters? You know, there, there's there's got to be a reason. Is it is it the training staff? There's got to be a reason why this team has faded two years in a row at the same exact time.
0: Yeah, and we might as well just jump into the Phillies talk. I mentioned it last week. I wanted to see them at the very least go three and four. They go two and five, which I said if you you go in two and five, especially one and six. It's really not good news. I mean, the spin zone is that they're two games out of the wild card right now. That's great news and everything. But you have two good wins. On Monday last week, you win 7-3 in a solid win. You have the big come-from-behind win Friday night in San Francisco where Bryce Harper hits two home runs. Shush is the guy who said he yells overrated. Tuesday night, you have a lead. You pull Jake Garietta because he didn't look very good. You put in your bullpen. They not only blow the lead immediately, but then get shellacked, and then two straight nights, starter doesn't look good. The offense looks completely lost. It's kind of the same story Saturday, but you got a solid start out of it against against Madison Bumgarner. You get a good you get a good Aaron Nola start, and, and Bumgarner just beat him there. But the offense should have should have done better, and they should have looked. They should look good. I, I get it's the road and everything, and it's a lefty, so you're not. You're not. This sound. This sounds counterintuitive, but a lefty with with the lefties we have, Bryce Harper doesn't bat well against a lefty with a good curveball or good or good or a good lefty. So, Battison Bumgarner kind of takes neutralizes Bryce Harper, and then any of the switch hitters aren't great right-handed. They're not good against left-handers. And Reese Hoskins is batting under the Mendoza line since the All-Star break. So that doesn't really help. So lefty starters basically neutralize the Phillies offense. You see that Sunday – or you see that Saturday. And then last night, Sunday Night Baseball, they have a lead, um, which they blow. Or no, they are actually coming from behind. They were down 6-5, They and they tie the game at 6-6. You keep Nick Pavetta in, and to your point of overusing the bullpen, it's it comes back to something we've talked about for now a year and a half, Greg, of that oh. Kapler – Matt Clintack, they don't like using the labels of middle relief, long relief, even though they basically have these roles anyway. Closer, setup man, none of them have this. This harkens back to the White Sox loss from two Fridays ago on August 2nd where they blew it, and then you have the Vince Velasquez out in left field game. It's the same thing. Nick Pavetta gets pulled. The next night he goes after the eighth, and the next night he goes two innings. You saw it last night that they keep him in and instead of it being a 7-6 game in the ninth inning, it turns into 9-6. That's what they end up losing by. Not that they were that close. You know, the overuse of the bullpen, we talked about a lot last week of why Vince Velasquez was playing left field instead of pitching even though he's a starter. At this at this point, he's a starter. It The bullpen usage is the crazy thing. I think the the Creativeness that that Gabe Kapler has taken to building the lineup each and every day because he's trying to figure out something to get these to wake up the bats. So good, good on you to do that. But the bullpen usage, it's taxing. You you said it, Greg. It's taxing, and you see it in these games because the starters outside of Aaron Nol because because Drew Smiley had a couple quality starts. Jason Vargas, I don't still don't know why they got him. And Jake Arrieta is probably hurt and just doesn't want to tell anybody. And then you have Velasquez or whoever they want to throw. Right now is the fifth, and whoever else they may throw in is the fifth. When Velasquez gets moved to the back of the bullpen again, it's it's crazy. I mean, I I I think he's doing a fine enough job. I don't know who out there you'd go and get to say do better because the, the the taxation has just hit the arms incredibly hard yeah Jordy, and
1: that's why I was kind of asking is it because it's two years in a row right so is it the bullpen falls apart the rest of the team falls apart you know I'm seeing that firsthand with the Red Sox is it you know what what about August what about the beginning of August as led to the Phillies being like you know what we're just going to cancel the rest of the season. You know, what What? What has been that turning point, if you will? You know, what has so, sort of been that?
0: I will argue this as to be optimistic on it. I think that in August you've had the end of that San Francisco series, which they actually looked pretty good at. Then you have the 15-run the White Sox game. Probably should have won. Or they should have won that game, not even probably. A good win on, on Saturday. Then a shitty loss, but kind of figured with uh, – the solid win they have there, they'd have a shitty loss. The last seven games have all been on the road. They've been a West Coast trip, so I think you need to take it with a grain of salt. Which is why, dating back to last week, saying that a three and four week even, I would have been I would have been bummed. I want the Phillies to win every game. I want them to go one hundred and sixty two and zero and win the World Series without losing a game. It's not possible, but still, every I get inconsolable every night when they when they are losing. I am I tweeted it this morning. It's a terrible addiction, but I love these idiots so much. But I think the West Coast road trip with a team on the East Coast that doesn't really leave the Eastern time zone that much, I think that fucks with you. And I think before we grade August as a complete failure, We need to see how this week goes. We need to see what they look like against a good Cubs team, a team that's been red hot, that looks like they could be the ones to come for the King and not miss, the King being the Dodgers, and then they play the the San Diego Padres, a team that their offense is, is still pretty solid. Manny Machado's had a great year. They could jump up on the Phillies. This is something where... You have this gut check of a road trip, and now you're coming home to a fan base that needs to see something. And if they show it, then by all by all accounts, you're only two games back in the second wild card spot. By all accounts, I mean you just look. Maybe it's something you look back in September and say that White Sox loss, one of those games in Arizona. We could have used to feel a little more comfortable, but before we go throwing August out with the bathwater, I think we need to see how they look after something like this. We need to see how they pick themselves up, what character this team shows.
1: It's it's the same narrative that you were saying last year, right? It's the same, oh, what character, oh, yeah. what, how and they didn't show respond? It. Right, so so you went out and made all these big splashy moves and what they do, they did the same exact thing. So this
0: year wasn't as many moves. Last year, Clentak went out and got Wilson Ramos, he went out and got Aaron Loop from the Blue Jays, he got um who the fuck? Oh, he got Jose Bautista. He went out and got a bunch of different dudes. This year, what do he do? He got Brad Miller in May, he got Jay Bruce in June he got sorry, Corey he Dickerson got at the he, trade he, deadline i mean they're not he got he got JT Realmuto. he got Bryce Harper sure, that, like that, all those that's players. preseason though i'm you're i'm i'm sorry i've mis- well, mis- i've misinterpreted you though and thinking you're talking about at the deadline of in-season I mean, trades versus off-season trades i
1: mean i mean all year you know you, you can't blame the gm i'm not I mean, blaming clinton i mean you can blame gm i mean you can you can blame the GM because he hasn't given you a bullpen. But you can't blame the GM because he's given you everything else, on the other hand, and
0: and it's no, tough the because... Offense needs to be better. That's First and foremost, and that's what I mean by come home to a hitter's park where lefties should be good. You're facing Cole Hamels in his first start in Philly since he got traded four years ago on Wednesday night, a lefty in a lefty hitter's park. Show us the fuck what you are going to do against him. Because that's going to be an emotional night. A guy who won the World Series MVP 11 years ago. Show us the fuck what you're going to do. That's what I'm saying. Last year in August, they sucked. They did not perform. Aside from basically Wilson Ramos, the rest of the team shit the bed. and, And Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola looked good until the middle of September. But the same thing, the bullpen's not good. But I don't want to say history is just going to repeat itself now before this six-game stretch at home. And then, granted, you're facing the Red Sox and then Miami, a Red Sox team we're going to talk about probably in a minute. But traditionally, the Phillies don't play well at Fenway, and then they don't play well against the Marlins this year for whatever reason. But we'll talk about that next week. But this week, I think, now that we've had the shitty week last week, the optimist to me is coming back out. We need to show we need to show what we're worth Bryce Harper do another two home run game like he did Friday night JT Wilmuto back up your words and fucking be better Reese Hoskins I'm not forgetting about you buddy bat above the Mendoza line bat 300 be the first baseman that we have invested in for the future. that's what I want. you're absolutely right Craig that the offense hasn't been there. And there's some I forget what the exact stat is, and I wish I had pulled this up. But there's games, so I'm gonna say don't be great alt one time because there's games where the Phillies score eight or more runs that they're like two and something. And how, however many, however many games the Phillies have scored eight or more runs, they've only won like twice the next day. So gamblers beware. Um, but <laughs> improve that record. Score eight runs multiple days a year, or mo- or multiple games in a row rather build a streak build some sort of winning streak because they haven't won more than four games since the McCutcheon injury tying all the way back to that so be better offense make sure that you're giving yourself the the insurance because the bullpen many times where they've the offense has failed to score in late innings the bullpens blown it and get after it on the, on the same on the same breath,
1: Jordy, if you have a lead in a major league game, your bullpen should be good enough to close it out. So, is it lack of talent? Is it overused by Gabe the Babe? What's the scapegoat? What's the reason for this team? You know, they went out and they got a leader, a quote unquote leader in Bryce Harper. They went out. You know, what what is this? Who's the scapegoat this year? Who? You know what? It last the, year it was there, the, the scapegoats. Know, the bullpen. Last year the young they overperformed. Last year was the young they overperformed. This year they have all the pieces. Why are they? Why are they tanking at the same time they did last year?
0: The scapegoats the bullpen. They should be. They should have a much better record. They should. It's not even just the bullpen. It's the pitching is the scapegoat, but the offense needs to be held accountable as well. So, so you're blaming the offense, but I'm blaming the pitching. I referred to this team at the beginning of the year as Kansas City Chiefs-esque of scoring a lot of runs, which they have not done, and letting up a lot of runs, which they've done. You should not be content with a Kansas City Chiefs-esque type of play of letting up a ton of runs and having to rely on a lot of runs that way. You should be winning games with not letting up a lot of runs, and their pitching staff has not been that all year. Aaron Nola started the year off shitty. Jake Arietta has been pretty shitty throughout the year. Their bullpen's been terrible. And all the big names that they've signed, not just in the last offseason, not just in trades, all of them have either been hurt or terrible. And that's a big part of it. Robertson may never play again. Tommy Hunter, who I fucking hate, I, has pitched less innings than Roman Quinn. Pat Nishak hurt for most of the year. That's the big part of it, is the pitching staff never sh- has barely shown up to 2019. The offense needs to be better, but the pitching staff has been, I've given excuses for it, I've complained about it all season long. And that's the big problem, is that you shouldn't have to rely on this offense that can explode at any minute to dig yourself out of 5 nothing holes, which so many times the Phillies find themselves in in the first or second inning.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, and it's it's. I don't know. You almost wonder.
0: Nick Pavetta was supposed know, to be almost... was supposed to be the super wonder... pitcher of twenty nineteen fantasy wise, and he sucks. He's been, he's been moved back to the bullpen. He's become this weird late reliever that Gabe doesn't totally know how to use, and I don't know what it is. You it's got... frustrating as you, all hell. You got to wonder. I mean you gotta figure maybe this is a maybe this is
1: a couple year building that now this this summer they're going after a big name. You know, like what big that's name the That's is. what a lot of
0: that's what I'm hoping for. It's what a lot of my friends are hoping for, that they go after like a Garrett Cole in the offseason, they get a big pitching name since they still have Comcast money to fuck around with. Um, so we'll see. I mean I'd love to see them in the playoffs. I said it last week. I think a nationals Phillies in Washington playoff game would be hilarious because of the Benedict Harper stuff would all come back out and all that shit. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. I still think Wild Card 2 is very attainable. They're only two games out. This week is huge, especially after how bad last week was. Um, Let's move right into uh, players.
1: You want to talk to the Red Sox? Or skip players. I mean, it's same shit, different week. It's, it's bullpen blowing lead. It's... You know they won two out of three versus the Angels. Woo! Like, you know what they? Sorry, they they went two and two with the Angels, but they the problem is that uh, the thing I'm most upset about about the weekend series with the Angels was that they, for the first time in his career, the only ball park that Mike Trout had not hit home run was Fenway, and. For the, he had not hit a home run until the last game of the series. So the first three games he was without, and then Sunday in one of his last at bats, he hit a home run. So it's just like a a real a real giant fu to the season and 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 the way things work is this this pos that everyone says is the best player in baseball and a team that has never made the playoffs with him on it somehow wins the MVP, but other players have better numbers than him. Uh, you know, it's just. They, they they had something over him, and now he, they let him hit an arm run. the the big The big guy they traded for, the big starting pitcher that the Red Sox traded for, uh, guess what? He's now they moved him to the bullpen because he's such a bad bad starting pitcher. Um, so he's posted an 801 ERA in, in his six starts with Boston. Uh, Andrew Kashner, and now they're moving him to the bullpen. So it's just a waste. The season. You know, I'll take my World Series last year and and call it a hangover this year, and hopefully shut down, shut down sale, shut shut down price. Let them recover for next year, and let's come out swinging.
0: You want to take your four World Series titles in fifteen years?
1: <laughs> I mean, Got you him. just brought a smile to my face. You you, you just brought a smile a smile to my face, Jordy. Yeah. You know what? Let's skip players, <laughs> Jordy.
0: Yeah?
1: MLB 2020 schedule release came out today. Yes.
0: Did you see this? I did. I looked at uh at some of the Phillies. The first time in teams. the first time in like thirty years that all thirty teams are going to play on opening day. No, I was just going to say. That. I was just going to say that. Yeah. The
1: all thirty teams are playing on a uh, Thursday in March, and uh. The Red Sox are finally not hosting the Tampa Bay Rays in March, as opposed you know they're going to be in Tampa as opposed to oh that's good you more know, weather. You know, they always hope they always seem to host the Rays in March and then go on the road
0: and in, this in is August what they should be reason. doing. Why don't the the Rays, Braves, Marlins, Diamondbacks give New Orleans some sort of like give them a team, make them Team Thirty One, Texas all the Texas teams, Arizona, L.A. Why don't they just host the first like couple weeks while we kind of see like. Oh, how's the Midwest and Northeast do it? Okay, yeah, like, all right, that Cubs, that Cubs-Giants series that's supposed to be in San Francisco, all right, we're going to put it at Wrigley and flip-flop them. Like, what, why don't they just do that? I get, like, logistics and everything, and I'm speaking basically just in video game talk, but it's stupid of of how cold it can be in March in Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, New York, Illinois, all, the, all
1: this yeah, stuff. Yeah, and... and-
0: Jordy, I don't, I don't want
1: to blame the season on this, but the Red Sox started the first 11 games on the road this year. Uh, no team has had an 11 game road trip the whole season, and the Red Sox had one to start the year out. Just getting absolutely screwed and railroaded they, by the Major League Baseball. Are they building
0: something at Fenway? Or are they redoing something?
1: Nope, not at all. Um it's weird.
0: Because remember, like, the Rangers yeah, had no, that? It's, in, it's on in... brandson I mean. The Rangers had that, and the Knicks had it like five years ago with MSG. They were like redoing it, so they didn't have a home game until December. It's on. It's on brand for the for the Red Sox getting screwed by Major League Baseball. Um,
1: the Red Sox are What's one of tax, I guess. Four, the one, the nice the the Red Sox are one of one, two, three, four, five, six teams that have seven game road trips uh, to begin the season. Red Sox, Angels, Twins, Rockies, Padres, Braves, and Phillies.
0: Yes. Yeah, the Phillies Phillies opening day so, is not actually
1: until April like it
0: used to be. Two noteworthy
1: things. The Major League Baseball is going to Puerto Rico. Yep. It's first Marlins. Um, and the other would be, I personally think, forget London because that was a joke this year. Forget the all-star game at Dodger Stadium. But
0: the Field of Dreams game, I'm pumped for the Field of Dreams game, Greg, and I have a couple. I have a, I have a couple theories on the why we got, we get why the White Sox are the one team. I want. I have some theories about why the Yankees are, and who else could have been the other team? Because you also read Shoeless Joe and Baseball Lit in high school. Because we took that class. We didn't take it together, but we took it at the same time. But I'm pumped for this game, for one. So oh, your only theory, theory is Shula's Joe, Was the other one? So, well, so Shules Joe is the book. We, you and I both read the book. That's why the White Sox are the one team, because yes. Shoeless show, and then the, White, the Black Sox come out of the field in both the movie and the book. Do you think the Yankees were picked as the other team because that's who he played for? And spoiler alert if you haven't seen a 30-year-old movie, but Ray Kinsella's dad in in the in the movie, not in the book, play, he takes off his catcher's mask, and he's wearing a Yankee uniform, has a Yankee hat on. Is that why the Yankees are the other team, Greg? I had to re-watch the scene. And I, I watched 30 seconds before I started fucking bawling my eyes out, by the way. That's how timeless that movie is. Gets me every time.
1: I think it's more just because the Yankees are the Yankees.
0: Yeah, that, um, so I'm, that's what I'm wondering: is it because it's the Yankees or because of the because of him? Because my mind immediately went to why didn't they do the Red Sox? Because Fenway is the only baseball stadium that's shown in the movie, or why didn't they do the Giants? The Red Sox are the Red Sox are doing doing the Williamsport game. Oh, okay, I did not know that. Um, uh, but the Giants is who Moonlight the Graham Sox- both movie, and real life Moonlight Graham played for? Um, I went full baseball nerd on this, Greg. It's, as yeah. you might imagine, I would. But I love it. Yeah. No. So I those are my it. theories of, of who could have been. I love it. But let's talk about the field, because the field, for one, did you see all the people tweeting before they announced they were building another field, being like, alright, so the actual field of Dream's field is like 320 to center field. So the the, the one joke was like, was uh Aaron Boone walking to the Yankee clubhouse being like who wants to pitch this game and no one no one stands up they're like all right let's have let's have John Carlos yeah, Stanton right. pitch it <laughs> I wonder i wonder if they're just going gr- to cut the corn back no so what they're doing they're building another they're building a field behind the cornfield but what they're doing is i fi- if i'm understanding correctly it's going to be like a see-through trans transparent translucent field to see the corn through it, but it's going to be the dimensions of the old Kaminsky field from way back in the day during the 1919 world series. So it's, it's paying homage to the black Sox, paying homage to the movie, obviously. I don't know if it's, if it's supposed to be something where like they're going to be introduced and walk out through the corn. That's almost what people made it sound like it was going to be. Um, I don't know. It's going to be really cool to watch though. I think that's of all the, the, I don't want to say gimmicky games that, that, that baseball does because the Winter Classic is pretty cool. The The Carrier college basketball game I could do without. But, like, the college football games that are at cool places, those are pretty fun to watch. But the gimmicky games baseball does. The Williamsport game, it's good that they do that every year because it helps tie in Little League Baseball, and that's important. But this is probably one of the cooler ones because you mentioned London, I think, is a flop. I hope that's just a two-and-done thing. Asia's not even a thing next year, which is why the 30 teams on – the Thursday in March is a thing. Um, so, th- th- I mean, this is baseball getting extremely creative, and I love to see that.
1: Yeah, it kind of ruined it. They're not using the actual field, and they're going to have a fence, a see-through fence of some BS. That's just crazy. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting, the last series of the final weekend season series, Astros at Braves.
0: Interesting. I mean, they have people, to have an interleague people, series to close out the year, but two and, teams that presumably would be division contenders. And and some people are saying potential World Series. Yeah, that's a good point, Either too. rematch or preview. Yeah, that's actually a really good point, too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because they can't po- – until they get to an even number of teams in each league, they can't possibly go what the NFL does and go all in all – in division the last week of the series, season. You can't do that anyway right now with the odd number of teams in divisions. But, yeah, I, I mean, what do you say? Like, oh, Tigers and Pirates because you guys were close to the bottom of the division. I don't even know if the, the two centrals are playing each other next year. But just for that, you know, the, the two worst teams almost do what the NFL does of locking in who played whom or, who you know, where who – who finished at the same spot as whom and all that sort of stuff and waiting. I was a little confused of why they decided to drop the schedule today on a Monday in August and not wait until the off season. I don't know if that's because the NFL, NHL, and, and NBA are going on at the same time. I don't know if it's the NBA also dropped their schedule today. So I don't know if that's baseball being like, not so fast. It's our season right now, NBA. You guys got July 1st. I So I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah,
1: that is that is interesting because this is a random time, and maybe they needed to do it because people were like, "Hey, what are they building in the field of dreams field?" Or maybe with Williamsport coming up, that
0: with with like with the NHL announcing the Winter Classic early, they just say like they usually they they used to do it the day after the the MLB All Star Game, the first couple of them, but then they started announcing it like a week after the the previous Winter Classic, be like oh, next year we're going to Nationals Park and we're going to have the Capitals play the Blackhawks. And then next year we're going to St. Louis and all that stuff. And next year we're going to Foxborough. So, but that was the only game that was announced until the, the schedule got released over the summer. So I don't, I don't know why baseball is now announcing its schedule because the NFL doesn't even do that. They wait until March to announce their schedule. I don't know why they're waiting when there's all these chases happening in the Nationally Wild Card the NL, the AL Central, the An- the NL Central, for that matter. Uh, yeah. and I wonder. I wonder I if it has to do with.
1: I wonder if it has to do with baseball stadiums in general are used more for concerts and stuff. So maybe. Oh, that's a good. There's point. A whole. Maybe there's a whole money side of it to like, oh, we yeah. have to do it now. Yeah, you got to gotta schedule it, to it
0: out ahead of time. That and like the fact yeah, that like yeah, we have so- to let these like the soccer exhibitions are coming to places like Fenway. Obviously, Yankee Stadium has an MLS team that plays in it, but like Citizens Bank Park has a ton of concerts. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Jordy, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for the people. Yeah, you really are. You are the people's champion. <laughs> Listen, we feed off each other.
1: You bring you bring it. You bring the energy. You bring the funk. I just bring the. Uh... I bring the leading questions that get you going. And the people love to hear you speak. The people love your opinions. And uh, some others who are on the show tend to ramble and rant and give their own opinions. You know what I do, Jordy? <laughs> I give the people did. what they want. The people want, I give the people what they want, and the people want you. So what do I do? I ask you leading questions. I make sure you're the star of the show. No, Greg. I make sure the, your voice Greg, is heard. we are heard. The you're co-hosts
0: of this fine program, and we uh, – we, you give the people what they uh, want, and I try to. Uh, I try to appease. I try to. I try to to keep up. You are the. You are the champion, my man. And while we pretty, let's finish patting each other on the back, back.
1: Let's go back and forth for hours, just patting each other's back. Because, yeah, exactly. Quite frankly, the others who are on this pod like to fill up the airways with their own voices and like to make. They try to make <laughs> jokes and try to try to give. Greg, it sounds like it, you are, got a
0: text message from somebody, and you're not very happy about it.
1: <laughs> I'm just confused as to, you know, in, those who don't know. But I'm just confused. I didn't think anything was said on last week's pod that was. I I didn't
0: think so either. But that's uh, that's another conversation for another day. Anyway, Jordy, anyway as, I got as one more stream- members who. I got one more. I got one more bleacher creature that we need to wrap this thing up. Um, So, Greg, I don't know if you saw this, but at the Cincinnati Reds, Monica Puig, no relation to Yasiel, who I think is the, I would assume the, the girlfriend, maybe fiance of Derek Dietrich. And I'll explain why I think that. She is a tennis player and she. Served up the honorary first serve before Reds game earlier this week. Did you see this? Even if I had seen it, you have to
1: recap it for the people. Yeah, so so Monica Puig. This this story sounds so riveting. I'm hanging on the edge.
0: I'm glad you are because Monica (laughs) Puig comes out and literally she's a tennis player, has her tennis racket in hand, Okay. And serves. Overhand serves. Uh, wait, a baseball or a tennis ball? A baseball. With her tennis racket. Or tennis? Ah. And that I don't know like if she just lobbed racket, it in, though. but it looked like she put a little topspin on it. Came right into okay. Derek Dietrich. Caught the ball. It was great. Right down the middle. Right down the dick, as one of my friends would say. And comes in. And, you know, it was great. The crowd goes nuts. And this is why I assumed his at least girlfriend is... They, uh, you know, gave a little peck, a little, little kiss, and uh, you know, went on their merry way. So it's either his girlfriend or Derek Dietrich. It's just one hell of a host. It's on the on the lips of the cheek, on the lips, on the lips. He's like Richard Dawson if he's okay, not his girlfriend. Oh, so, so
1: what gets me is the
0: baseball. I feel like, would ruin a tennis racket. No. Yeah, it should. Yeah, that's like you're not even supposed to hit like rocks with a tennis racket cuz it's supposed to it'll like fuck up like the tightness of the strings. It's a big deal. Oh, okay. So uh that's what I mean. But
1: good for her, I guess when you're sponsored and you're professional, you can do what you want. And good for him for uh letting the world know if they weren't public before, they certainly are now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things of uh you're glad the professional athletes are getting together cuz then it just promotes American dominance for the generations to come oh I mean let's Do we have any word on Sheldon here. Williams speaking of of athletes that bred Sheldon Williams and Candace Parker's kid is he or she just like the number one prospect for like I think that kid's probably eight for eight year olds talk about how you have to bring everything back to Duke or Philadelphia Hey, I'm not a Duke fan anymore. Lehigh beat Duke. CJ McCollum. Got paid. I think that's gonna I think that's a. I think that's a good stopping point, Greg. I think that's gonna wrap things up. Anything else you got? No, oh, Jordy, I'm turning into this kid. Uh
1: no longer gonna say go S words. I'm saying go fills.
0: Hey, all right. I'm glad to have you on the bandwagon. Let's get you down for a game, my man. Phils. Go Phils. All right. That'll do it for us. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you think in the comments. Tweet at us at ThunderBLG. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. Shoot us a DM, ThunderBlogSports, just like the website. And we will talk to you soon. Maddie D and I are going to come back at you later this week. ACC, Notre Dame, Group of Five, College Football Preview. Greg, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate it. Phils. <laughs> All right, well... Greg said it, and I'm going to say it one more time. For my man, Greg Piateli, I am the G-Man. Have a great week, everybody, and go Phils. Go Phils.